Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Friday, January 22nd. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mayor Nahed Nenshi. We get the mayor's reaction to the province's decision to keep the current pandemic restrictions in place and his thoughts on the cancellation of the Keystone XL pipeline project. Next, we speak with Ward 6 Councillor Jeff Davison, who's announced he will seek another term on City Council and at the same time hasn't ruled out a run for mayor. Then we switch gears to focus on real estate. We'll look at the topic of city property tax assessments in relation to the market value of your home. We get clarification from realtor Justin Haver of Justin Haver & Associates Remax First. And finally, we catch up with Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes with a list of streamable movie and TV options just in time for the weekend. 812... Some COVID restrictions remain in place here in Alberta, and that's even as we've had some success in starting to flatten the curve once again. That's one of the many issues affecting Calgarians, and to get his thoughts on COVID numbers and other issues on Friday mornings, we'd love to say good morning to Calgary Mayor Nahed Nenshi. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, everyone. Happy to be here with you. Happy Friday to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, You know, we're hearing lots of people on our text line getting frustrated, getting upset that these COVID restrictions are still in place, especially when it comes, obviously, to the hospitality industry. Your thoughts on that? Was it the right thing to do to keep those restrictions in place for now? Yeah, certainly it was. We're not at the finish line yet. Uh, and the worst thing we could do, especially in the hospitality industry where you have such perishable inventory that you have to buy, is to uh, lift restrictions and then put them back down again. And I've talked to lots of restaurant owners who said, please don't do that. We're, you know, we're barely keeping our head above water with takeout and pickup business and the fact that because of these restrictions, we're eligible for the federal rent subsidy. Um, but if you let us open, we're no longer eligible for the subsidy. And then if you close this again for the third time, that would be really problematic. So, um, you know, I'm trying to delve a little more deeply into the numbers. And on the surface, the case level and the positivity rate and the R value, which are the kind of three of the five things that uh, Dr. Hinshaw looks at, mm-hmm. are trending well. But there's a question in the data that I haven't yet figured out, which is we're actually testing way fewer people. And that could just be because way fewer people are feeling sick, which is great. Uh, but it might be that for some reason people are not being tested uh, and because our hus- our hospitalization and our ICU rates are just as high as they were when the restrictions were put in. Uh, they, haven't, they haven't moved at all. And that just might be people who are quite ill, who are taking some while to recover or unfortunately not recover, uh, who are in the system. Uh, or it may be that our testing uh, is a bit too low. And I don't really have a good sense of that quite yet. Well, you can understand, I'm sure, uh, Mr. Mayor, in the sense that, you know, with politics, optics or everything and communication is key. It's hard to run a business uh, when the chief medical officer of health comes out and says a little while longer. I, yeah. I, you can't schedule anything. So you can understand how this impacts business owners. Yeah, no, 100 percent. And one of the things that I think the province learned this summer was they have to give plenty of notice for their changes. You know, in the summer, as you recall, uh, restaurants had one day's notice when they were told in Calgary they weren't going to open. When they were ready to open, you can't do that. Um, it's not like these are light switches that you can turn on and off. So I don't much like a little while longer either. But I suspect that the folks in the provincial government are having the same questions about the data that I am, about whether we're looking at a long-term trend or if this is a blip in the data. That said, I'm very, very pleased to see the case numbers go down to where they are and the positivity go down where they are and the R number, which is that number that says how many person, uh, an infected person will infect, 
is now below one, which is where we need it to be. Um, but I will remind you all that uh, our lower numbers now are approximately where they were when we started ringing the alarm mm-hmm. in uh, October, November, December. I uh, wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk to you about uh, a couple of environmental issues that um, you've, the city anyway, has uh, sort of spoken out about. One was coal mining, the other is Keystone XL, and your thoughts mm-hmm. on both of those. Sure. Um, on the coal mining piece, uh, you know, I have to admit that I, like many Albertans, this was not on my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of knew that there were some changes going on in coal mining, but I hadn't paid much attention. And in the last week, I've gotten tons of phone calls from everyone from Corb Lund, Corb Lund the singer, to mayors of various towns and cities in southern Alberta saying, this is terrifying, and it really impacts our headwaters. And one thing that people may not know about what the city of Calgary does is because of the way the water licenses on the Bow River work, we have taken a role kind of as the steward of the whole Bow River watershed and making sure that the watershed... Um, is safe both upstream and downstream of us. And although the lands in question are not the headwaters of the Bow and Elbow Rivers, they're the headwaters of the Red Deer and the Old Man Rivers, it's all the same river system. So we have a concern around the overall watershed that we're going to be exploring a little bit more next week. The other thing is, our other job is economic development, is attracting development, attracting jobs to Calgary. And on the one hand, the coal mines may seem like a source of jobs. On the other hand, they make it harder to sell Calgary to other kinds of businesses who say, you know, will I be able to attract the young people I need to work from around the world if I was headquartered in Calgary, if Alberta and Calgary had this image as a retrograde place that does this kind of open pit mining. So those are the things that we're trying to balance. Um, On Keystone, uh, you know, this is uh, something I've been working on for many years. I've been fortunate enough to, uh, you know, have sat with ambassadors and U.S. senators and Congress people and even the decision maker in the Obama White House to talk about the importance of Keystone XL. And so obviously I think that this decision that President Biden made was was a poor one. Uh, Keystone XL is part of Canada's climate plan. So from an environmental perspective, it was the right thing to do. And of course, from an economic perspective, it was the right thing to do. So this was a bad decision. That said, um, it wasn't an unexpected decision. I mean, we all knew this was going to happen. Yeah. And um, so I do hope that the government of Canada and Premier Kenny and the government of Alberta have been working on their contingency plans because um, I got to tell you that the early reaction didn't make me think that this was an expected thing, right? Yeah. Um, and we got to know what plans B, C, D, E, and F are. And, and, and I got to tell you, no, imposing tariffs and countervailing duties on your largest trading partner, mm-hmm. cutting off your nose to spite your face, that's not going to work. Um, and so ultimately we need, to, uh, we need to figure out, and the Prime Minister is speaking with the new president today, We need to figure out if there is any negotiating room there. And if not, then what? How do we guarantee market access for Alberta Energy, Canada's largest export, to the world? Uh, And I sure hope that smarter people than me have been working hard on this question. Because ultimately, if this is something that the president thought was so important that he did it as his very first thing on his very first day, you know, Lady Gaga finished singing and Mm -hmm. he signed this thing. Um, that probably means it's kind of important to him. And it's not something that, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, yelling and screaming uh, in Alberta is going to change his mind on. We've got to be much more thoughtful than that. Yeah, I like that uh, plan, B, C, D, E, and F. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thank you so much for your time uh, today, Mr. Mayor. We appreciate it. Thank you all. Have a great weekend.
Happy Friday, everybody. Jeff Davison announcing this morning that he is seeking re-election for city council in the upcoming municipal election. The Ward 6 councillor joins us now with more details on his plans for himself and the city. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. So you've decided you're going to run again. And so you've decided fully that it will be for council, not for mayor, correct? <laughs> well, that's always the, the big question. Look, I think <laughs> there's uh, there's lots of time to uh, consider looking at the mayoral role. You know, I, I look at the world we're in right now, and I think, you know, with, with everything that's going on with respect to COVID-19, uh, you know, both locally and internationally, uh, you know, you think about the economic downturn. Uh, you know, my concern right now is making sure that people are employed and have opportunity to pay the mortgage next month and that we get through this pandemic. Uh, you know, myself, and, and I don't think a lot of Calgary are overly concerned with the mayoral race at this point. So, yeah, just to clarify, Councillor Davison, when you say lots of time, do you mean lots of time before October or lots of time ahead in your political career years down the line? I think there's lots of time before October. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair enough. Uh, uh, yeah, another uh, another run for you when it comes to Councillor. What are your priorities and, and what do you see some of the challenges facing, and I'm sure there are many, uh, facing Calgarians yeah. uh, coming up? Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly no shortage of challenges, uh, you know, that we currently face. And I think, you know, we're going to see that for the foreseeable future. But I do think that, you know, Calgary is one of the unique jurisdictions that I actually think is going to come out of COVID better than we went into it. Uh, I think we are far ahead of the game in terms of prioritizing and planning uh, beyond other jurisdictions. Um, you know, we are, even through this pandemic, seeing record amounts of venture capital money being invested into innovative companies here in Calgary. Uh, we've seen a string of multi-billion dollar transactions across multiple sectors in our city. Uh, I think those are really good uh, signs that Calgary's economy is going to recover probably faster than other jurisdictions uh, because we're prepared for it. And I, and I do think going forward in the next election, you know, people say, what's going to be different from 2017 to now? And, you know, in 2017, it was really about running on all things in your ward. You know, it was, a, it was about, I want an intersection here, and I think we need to solve a problem here. This, you know, the, the situation we're in with this pandemic has changed it. It's changed the game. This is going to be, uh, you know, an incredible push to bring all 14 councillors together, you know, under some strong leadership and really deliver a plan that is going to be beneficial to all Calgarians uh, because the challenges we have in front of us right now are tremendous. If you were to decide to run for mayor, you know, what are some, are there ways that you can, because we hear this from a lot from our listeners, that they're concerned with sort of infighting, bickering, you know, mm-hmm. council not getting along. I guess either, rather if you're a councillor or running for mayor, you know, on both counts, how, how do you work on that moving forward? What would Jeff Davison do to better that situation? You know, for me, you run on your track record. You know, I've always tried to be a leader who brings people together, uh, finds common ground, and and works for the good of all Calgarians uh, to get things done. Um, You know, I'm not uh, not interested in the endless debates and and the the nitpicking at one another. I'm interested in solutions. And so I think, you know, the one thing I, I can look back on my first term and say is that I'm incredibly proud that uh, I've managed to pull some of the biggest files together, files that people told me were impossible, and uh, and move them forward for the benefit of the whole city. Councillor, just before we let you go, we're going to ask you the question, put you in the hot seat here. If COVID-19 was eradicated in the next hour and there were no restrictions to travel, where would you travel <laughs> if money was no object anywhere in the world right now? Yeah, Bora Bora, hands down. Oh, I'd be you there too. too. 
Yeah, like oh, okay. uh, Sue and I are going. I see those uh, those on water huts, and I'm like, <laughs> yes. that looks five star. That looks five star. Maybe we can get a, like a, a deal if we book group two, big, two big group family holidays at the same place. I would hate to show up there, though, and be like in the next hut where you're like, ah, Davison, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, God, I can't get away from the city councillors. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on the announcement. And uh, I guess we'll be hearing more from you as we move closer to that October municipal election date. Indeed. And thanks for the time. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Davison, Ward 6 councillor. 609 and property tax assessments were mailed out last week. If you've opened yours and noticed a substantial decrease in the city's assessment of your home, you're certainly not alone. According to the city, the median value dropping $10,000 year over year. That's both for houses and condos. So what does that drop mean if you're planning on selling your home? With all the answers, because he's got them, we're joined by realtor Justin Haver of Justin Haver and Associates Remax First. Hi, Justin. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I mean, obviously you're in the know. You know this city better than anyone. When your property tax assessment drops, what does that mean, say, you know, for me, if I want to put my house up for sale, do I have to abide by that? Well, one of the things that I think that uh, people need to understand that uh, the way that the city assesses your property, they basically use a, well, they're assessed using a mass appraisal. So this means that they determine the residential property assessment through the sales approach to value, that they have reviewed many sales similar to the same kind of property in the area or in the community as of July 1st, the previous year, right? So if you wanna put your house on the market right now, what we as uh, real estate agents will do is we'll do a comparative market analysis comparing your specific property to very, very similar properties that have recently sold in the past 30, 60, 90 days. We will also look at properties that failed to sell and uh, properties that you're also competing with that are actively marketed in the marketplace as well and then formulate a strategy based on that. So, you know, people need to understand that when a city does a mass appraisal, it's not an actual appraised value of your house like a bank will do a bank appraisal. Okay, so uh, you, could it be a bad thing if it has gone down lower, or uh, could it be a good thing if it's if it's gone up higher? Well, you know, it's if the value has gone down, and because the city of Calgary will use a mill rate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you typically pay a little less tax if your value goes down. So, you know, as the typical homeowner, if we see that the value of our home has gone up, we typically don't have uh, any objections to pay a little more tax, mm. right? just feel good that our house value went up as well. I guess in the long run, you know, if the value of your home goes down, then it's more than likely the value of everyone else's too. So that would reflect then in the price that you're paying when you buy the new home after selling your own, correct? Correct. I mean, if you're buying and selling in the same market, uh, you know, if you're buying in a market where there's downward pressure on pricing, I mean, you're going to pick up a great deal on the property that you're buying again, right? So the same thing goes if the market is uh, very active and, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, competing offers and you're paying a higher price, right? You're transacting in the same marketplace. As a realtor, you know, I've seen these real estate sheets before for properties and it says a property tax and it gives the year before. So, so the, you know, buyer can understand what the property taxes will be going in. Is this something that you look at and, uh, you know, talk to your clients about? Like, have you ever noticed that the property tax was perhaps too high for a property and they you know, advised a client to look into it? You know, there are some homeowners that, uh, you know, obviously 
get the little sticker shock when they get that property assessment in the mail. And, uh, you know, if they do feel that uh, this is wrong, then obviously they can go through the process of, uh, you know, um, objecting that or, yeah, objecting that with the city to see if they can uh, reduce the value on there. And in turn, they will also pay less property tax. Justin, let's talk about the real estate market right now in Calgary and area. What are you seeing and and what do you think is, is trending ahead for us for 2021? You know, we still continue to see, to see that the uh, low interest rates uh, are the driver of the activity in the marketplace. I mean, so far this January, our sales are up by 36% compared to January of 2020. Now, you know, a, a big driver in that as well is uh, we have about uh, 18% less inventory in the marketplace as well. So, you know, we continue to navigate through the uh, challenges in the marketplace with COVID-19, with all the restrictions there ensuring that both homeowners and buyers are safe when entering these homes. And, you know, I think we'll continue to see a lot of activity in the single-family segment, which remains the strongest uh, from, you know, the momentum that we had here in in, uh, 2020, whereas, uh, you know, people do seek to have more space. Uh, You know, this uh, pandemic has really um, put an emphasis on how we live and enjoy our homes. You mentioned the interest rates being low, Justin, which is great for those people wanting to get into the game. Uh, but I find it interesting. If you go to the big banks, uh, you know, in my experience, you're not going to get the deals. Uh, going through a broker, obviously, I, I found better deals doing that. But it seems that the big banks have uh, deep pockets to advertise. It might be harder for these, you know, uh, people getting into the market to find a broker. Is that something that you can ask your realtor, realtor about? Like, hey, do you know a good broker? Because they could be hard to find. You know, there's uh, definitely many amazing real estate brokers out there. And yeah, asking a real estate professional to connect you with uh, some people that they have uh, great experiences with. And that, uh, you know, they basically a mortgage broker, they will sit there with, um, you know, anywhere from 20 to 50 different lenders with different products. So they sure have more options uh, for, you know, the buyer versus a bank. But uh, at the same time, it determines uh, on where the uh, consumer is comfortable banking. I want to ask you too, uh, Justin, I see up in the north particularly, there's a whole lot of new homes being built. You know, who's, uh, uh, is this creating a, a glut of, of new homes or maybe they starter homes, but are there certainly a lot more homes on the market there right now or, or soon to be than what we need in Calgary? You know, one of the things that we've seen over the last few years is that a lot of builders have, um, you know, really clamped down on the number of spec homes that they would build you know, because of the economic uncertainty out there. So, you know, a lot of the new construction homes are people that have actually made a commitment with the builder to build new. And, uh, you know, I think that we're seeing new construction activity is healthy. It means that, uh, you know, people are transacting and, uh, you know, we're seeing activity in the marketplace. So I would say that's a positive. Justin, I know you're all about Calgary, so I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you our question of the day. If right now... There was no COVID-19 and there were no restrictions to travel. Where would you travel? <laughs> Anywhere in the world? Oh, just find me a beach, white <laughs> waters, some warm ocean air, which we're all going to crave here in about a week's time. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, talk about um, dreaming about traveling, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to the French Polynesian Islands if you're interested. I don't mind if you tag along. <laughs> 
You know, Bora Bora is an incredible place. It is just like the postcard. I was very fortunate to be there. Uh, I think it was back in 2013, and it's just uh, it's just like the postcards. It's uh, a bucket list place for sure. Maybe we'll have to buy some property out there. We'll see. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for having me. That is Justin Haver, a realtor from Justin Haver and Associates, Remax First, online at Justin Haver. That's H A V R E dot com. It's Friday, still no movie theaters, so we are still at home watching what we can get on TV and the various streaming services. And Brett McGarry joins us to talk about what we've got going on this weekend. Good morning, Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes. Hello there, how are you? Good, Brett. Thank you for joining us. I know you wanted to talk about this one, and I'm happy because it's one of my favorite shows. This literally, I think the last season ended right when the pandemic started. So Blacklist is back. That's right. This weekend on Global, The Blacklist Season 8 continues. I watched you murder my mother. There is an explanation. I told you what would happen if you hurt her. I'm coming for you. Nothing else matters. James Spader back as Raymond Reddington in Season 8 of The Blacklist, which debuted in November, but... We only got two episodes, and then it took a two-month break. So the Blacklist airs Fridays. But if you miss it tonight, you can watch it on the Global TV app or on demand through your PVR. i got to admit, I used to watch the Blacklist. I think I made it to season four or season five, uh, but I sort of fell behind, and and then I just fell off. Um, But I, I also felt like... It was kind of like the gimmick was wearing thin, but you say this is your favorite show. It did, you know, because that's you know he he's a he's a criminal mastermind. Went to the FBI to suddenly give them all these bad guys, but there's the underlying story which has developed and it's gotten really cool. So I think you know the two parts of it still make it. I, I love it. I think it's great. Well, and James Spader, I mean, he he's, is so, he's good, so good, Brett. Yeah. yeah. Great actor. He, he was so much fun in that in his previous show, Boston Legal. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he showed up in the the blacklist, I was really excited about it because he he is, does a wonderful job as Raymond Reddington. I think he's one of the most charismatic actors on any screen, big screen, small screen. So I might have to catch up on this. Next, we're going to look at some staying power. Anna Paquin. I remember she was a child star. Uh, 25 years ago, saw her in movies, and now and now she's back and continuing to do what she does so well. Uh, a new show called Flack. Yeah, that's right. This is on Prime Video, and it's debuting in Canada finally nearly two years after it made its debut in the U.K. It's already two seasons in now, and uh, it's a comedy where a Canadian actor, Paquin, plays an American publicist living in London. Here's a clip. Did you see what you were saying about me on Twitter? What's it like under there? Can't we just say it wasn't me? Who's going to issue the denial? You look like the invisible man. If managed correctly, the first openly gay premiership football player is going to make millions. But I'm not gay! Do you have a boyfriend? Or yeah, a guy called Joe. Jay. So it's her job to keep her clients' personal disasters away from the public, and she's really good at her job, but she's not so good with her own life. Some big-name uh, guest stars, Bradley Whitford, Daniel Day Kim, and Sam Neill are among those. Uh, that's just in the first season, but like I said, there are two seasons of this show now, so that makes its debut this weekend on Prime. And uh, then over on Netflix, there's a movie based on a Man Booker Prize-winning novel called The White Tiger. I would have to become the creature that gets born only once every generation. No 
So this one's getting great reviews. It's about a young man who will do whatever it takes to work his way from poverty to wealth. The supporting cast includes Priyanka Chopra. And you said, uh, who's she married to? It's Priyanka Chopra Jonas. She's married to Joe Jonas. And she's also, I believe, the executive producer on this in this movie, too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I forgot that they were married. Yeah. Um, and it heads up also for Netflix. Uh, Riverdale season five starts this weekend, and then season two of one of my favorite shows from last year, the apocalyptic thriller Snowpiercer, that picks up again on Wednesday. So that's a pretty cool show. I'm just excited because we got a real theme here during the pandemic. And when we kicked the pandemic off, it was the Tiger King, and now it's the White <laughs> Tiger. So we can keep some normalcy. It's some normalcy. Right. That's right. And speaking of tigers, don't forget, if you haven't watched it yet, that t- Tiger Woods documentary, simply called Tiger, is available on Crave. That's a two-parter. It takes up about three hours. It was very, very good. I hear it's quite juicy, so that's on my list to watch this weekend. Thanks, Brett. All right, guys. Have a good one. You too. That is Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes.